0: Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. Work.
1: Hello, I'm David Marsland from The Evening Standard. Thank you for listening to The Leader. Please do subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on our news, interviews and analysis. And give us a rating wherever you get your podcast to. Now, from The Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. <laughs> It's now a controversy of international proportions. Critics have had their knives out for a silver statue in London honouring feminist icon Mary Wollstonecraft. The row is because it features a naked woman. Earlier today, protesters covered it up. Would you see a male political figure without his pants on, they've asked. The sculptor Maggie Hamlings told the Evening Standard the complainers are missing the point and the statue is not of Mary Wollstonecraft but an every woman who has to be naked because clothes define people. It does have its defenders including historian Dr Christina Faraday who spoke to the Evening Standard's Bonnie Christian.
0: Critics are saying it would have been more appropriate to commemorate Mary Wollstonecraft with
2: her clothes on. What do you make of the statue being naked? Well, I think obviously we are used to seeing um, the more traditional kind of statue of a clothed man. But that in itself is a very traditional patrician, patriarchal mode of public commemoration, which really kind of took off in the 19th century, although obviously its roots are much older. And I think this campaign is actually trying to get away from that whole mode of commemorating a historical figure. So it's a sculpture, not a statue, and it's not doing this traditional thing of representing a particular person in a, at a moment in time. It's more trying to provoke a debate about Mary Wollstonecraft's ideas. Now, you might question the use of a body for a writer who was so interested in the equality of souls. You might also question the use of a slim, idealised, you know, young, able-bodied woman to represent an every woman. But we are dealing with representational art here and it's really hard to represent an abstract idea such as a feminist struggle or the soul without resorting to these common and easily recognisable symbols.
0: I wanted to put this quote to you. One critic has said, nameless, nude and conventionally attractive is the only way women have ever been acceptable in public sculpture. What do you make of that in in this
2: context? Yeah, that is obviously a problem that women have faced throughout the centuries, but I'm not sure it's the case that it always has to be seen in the same pro-patriarchal terms. The artist is a gay woman and the sculpture was chosen after a long consultation with the public, and it was chosen, this sculpture was chosen because the alternative was by a man, and there was a big outcry about that two years ago. So I think, of course, the fact that Maggie Hamling is a gay woman doesn't mean she's immune to this kind of patriarchal structure which dominates society, but I think it should give critics, some calls for thought, you know, what are you trying to achieve by attacking her work? And of course, you can debate the choices that any artist makes. But to me, the level of outrage here seems um, a bit out of proportion.
0: Do you think we would be having this same debate if this was a sculpture of a man?
2: Well, there are statues of naked men. There are some very peculiar sculptures of uh, there's a semi-naked Lincoln at the LA courthouse. Samuel Johnson in St. Paul's shows him in a very revealing toga. And of course, historically, nudity for men and nudity for women have meant very different things. But I think that it doesn't rule out a reclamation of nudity for women necessarily. And I think this is something that's worth debating rather than just dismissing out of hand.
1: There's more on this story, including Maggie Hambling's response to the row in The Evening Standard and at standard.co.uk now. Fast, lift throw knees up. Pump the arms. Butter. Joe Wicks was one of the heroes of the first lockdown. He got an MBE for keeping our kids fit with his YouTube PE lessons while schools were closed. He's back at it this time round too, but in an extraordinarily honest interview with the Evening Standard, Susanna Butter, the seemingly invincible body coach, is admitting he's tired and the attention has been getting to him and his family. Susanna's with me now, and I think in your chat, Joe sounds like a lot of people in lockdown too, just plain weary of it all.
0: He's kind of, yeah, reaching that phase of, we've done this before, gosh, we've got to... And he spoke in a very Joe Wicks way, about trying to deal with those feelings and make himself feel better. His approach is to not feel powerless about the situation and kind of be very present in the moment, realise what you're lucky for. But still, it's getting to him. And But I think by talking about that and sharing that with everyone who I think will feel the same, that's such a brave, lovely thing to do.
1: It is a very Joe Wicks thing to do throughout his entire career since he began on instagram he's always shared just about everything with his audience i wonder if though now that he's reached a kind of new level of stardom because of how well he was received during lockdown he's maybe a little bit worried about what that did
0: I think his instinct is very naturally open, kind of refreshingly open, more open than a lot of people who aren't even famous. Um, but since P with Joe, there were people outside his house, which I think he struggled with, but also he struggled with thinking about how that impacts his family because he's got an 11-month-old year and a daughter who's about to turn two. And he spoke very movingly about leaving the house with Indy his daughter and the paparazzi being there and not liking that and they were living right on the main road and then fans sending him letters and gin and marmalade strangely I didn't know he liked that but why not so he is still sharing but um he's moved house away from a main road to get a bit more privacy
1: and of course moving house means leaving that room the one he did PE with Joe With, which Millions of people watched him doing those exercises every morning, keeping the nation's children fit. It became a bit of an icon of the first lockdown. I'd imagine even for him, it must be sad for him to leave that space.
0: I think he's he's all right he's got his lovely new house and he's very kind of looking on the bright side I mean he misses that room because it was we all know like the guitars on the wall and the fireplace he's not unpacked his guitars yet which means he's not playing them as much I think there's also a sense of thinking about his own relationship with social media in terms of his mental health because he watched life Like many of us, again, he watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix um, and is trying to ration his screen time. So having two hours a day where he doesn't look at his phone so that he can fully concentrate on being with his children.
1: It is an incredible interview, a very moving interview, which everyone listening should read. It strikes me as a man who maybe feels like he's lost a bit of control and is now going to regain it. He's taking those steps, isn't he?
0: absolutely yeah he's he's very very proactive although he's about to do something where it sounds like he probably won't have much control which is 24-hour fitness challenge on children in need where he just has five minute breaks every hour to eat or go to the toilet which i think he he was quite funny about he just said it's gonna suck but what's amazing about joe wicks is that he's really driven to to actually be good and make a change um And in a way that I think is interesting this year, when you compare him to say Marcus Rashford, I think they've got a lot in common. And it's the sense of not waiting for the government or some other official body to do something, um, but actually using a phone and a few videos and the internet getting out there and making people do burpees and press ups and boosting their mood.
1: And you can read Susanna's interview in the Evening Standard and online at standard.co.uk. That's the Leader Podcast. We're back tomorrow. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium